You are listening to Faithless Brewing, a Magic the Gathering podcast for the Spike Rogue. Each week we design new decks for tournament play. We put our creations to the test and share our findings on the air. Today we are joined once again by Arun Jiggy Wiggy Singh and Brian Madden of the Serum Visions podcast to share our findings with token strategies in Modern and Pioneer. We tested five token decks, but did we crack the code on Ginny Faye? Find out the truth about cats and dogs on this edition of Faithless Brewing. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show! Welcome to the Faithless Brewing Podcast. I am your host, Dan Schriever, also known as Cave Dan Online. I'm joined once again by the fabulous gang from the Serum Visions Podcast, Arun Jiggy Wiggy Singh and Brian Madden. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome from Boston, East Coast now. Brian and I in different time zones. Sad. You know, it hasn't happened before, actually. Mm-mm. Yeah, is this like a reunion in, in some way? I mean, not actually, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good reunion for sure. I got a little bit sad about the idea of you, you know, you were both on the West Coast before and now you're flying all the way over. I know. Now we just got to get Brian East Coast, you know, and then we'll be, then we'll be back at the full circle. Ah, that's a hard sell. Hard sell. My wife doesn't agree with winter or winter doesn't agree with her. And uh, I generally don't agree with... Uh, most of the South, so uh, I don't know. You know, it's tough to make blank statements like that. But I don't do well with heat or humidity, so we're kind of uh, in an awkward position. You find me that that perfect weather on the East Coast, and maybe maybe we could talk. I mean, it's pretty fair. The humidity here is like absolutely disgusting. It's like I did not miss in Oregon, but it's like it's like eighty degrees in the morning. It's like what the hell, man? Sure, maybe it'll still be like eighty-five degrees max in the day, but still. 80 degrees and humid is gross and hot. Mm Mm-hmm. Been there. So, last time you were here, Jiggy, you were getting ready to move for a big move to Boston, starting a new job. Oh, yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. Have you had a chance to, like, check out the local magic scene? No, I haven't. I was actually... Brian made a great point. I hadn't actually, like, touched magic at all. Uh, just because, you know, work's been so busy and trying to just get through things. I, haven't really t- I mean, you know, I've thought about it, but I haven't really touched it until last night, you know, for to try and get caught up a little bit for this podcast. But, you know, I think Brian mentioned the same thing. He hasn't played much time, but I still managed to find time to order, you know, $500 in singles for the, from the Masters. <laughs> uh, you know, like I'm only human, had to get those full-out Renan sixes. Oof, um, yeah. And then the full-out Force Negation. I think that's really all I got, but, you know, they're quite expensive. Oh, and the Supreme Judgments, or Supreme Verdicts, because I have, my, like, loner deck is uh, Kurihira four-color control, you know, just, like, the non yoyan version, and that's already, like, almost extended art fully anyways, and the Renin Sixes and the Supreme Verdicts keep just pushing that through, uh, so it's soon going to be almost full art, which probably says something more about uh, recent card designs than it does, like, you know, other things, but it's pretty sweet, and it's going to look beautiful. Yeah, Kahira, four-color Kahira is like the budget version of Money Pile, just because you don't have to buy 20 extra cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let me tell you, it's not budget, that's for sure. (laughs) 
especially when you get everything full art, you know, the solitudes, all my elementals, uh, you know, Ren Sixes now, Force of Negations, boom, 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 as of quite quickly, no surprise. So just curious, Brian, what what did you end up picking up from Double Masters? Oh boy, uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff. I uh, apparently didn't have a single Damnation, at least I didn't have one tracked in Goldfish, so I now have a, an additional playset, or or uh, I am plus four Damnations, I got some Supreme Verdicts, uh, Surgical Extractions, which should... That, that takes me up to seven copies of that card, but that's one of those ones that when it finds its way into decks, it wants to be in multiple sideboards at the same time. Respect. And I, uh, much like the good doctor here, like to have a loner deck handy, so, um, you know, they came down low enough, I, I thought it was worth having extra copies. Uh, and then I am purchasing all of the Eldrazi Titans that I didn't already have. So I already had my play set of Emrakuls, but uh, I picked up the rest of the Kozilex that I didn't have. And uh, I think it's going to be good with those. I don't see Ulamog. Play set of Emrakuls? I already had a play set, yeah. You mean like four? Yep. Oh, the promise then. No, this is... What's, why do you, who need, why do you need a place that I'll drop these Titans for? <laughs> Normally it's just one, right? Uh, I don't know, you know, uh, just, I like to have four of things, you know, because when you, you go to build that deck and you realize you want the second or the third or the fourth copy and you don't have it, it's frustrating, you know? Or it's you just want to register four decks in tournaments so nobody loses to mill. Uh, there you go. There you go. Well, and didn't some of the uh, the earlier Indomitable Creativity play uh, like two copies or whatever? You know, you can't just have two copies of a card. That's weird. So for me, it's like uh, maybe I'll just buy one. It'd be nice to have, and then oh, maybe I'll put that in a commander deck or something. And it's like, well, actually, it's in a commander deck, so uh-huh. I should probably get a second one. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well now I've got two. I might as well get a play set. That's exact exactly. Mm. You get it. But there's still one in the commander deck, so actually I need a, another one. So let me get a, a fifth one. <laughs> so I yeah. have a playset plus the one in the commander deck. <laughs> Just repeat this. This is how you end up with seven copies of Surgical Extraction, yeah. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think right now I, I have seven copies of Ren 6. Actually, I have eight. Uh, but <laughs> you can probably offload four pretty easily, honestly. I'm not super worried. Anyways, I need to wait until Double Masters you know, kind of goes out and then the price goes up again, then I can sell it. Hashtag MTG Finance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have in store for today? We got a great show coming up today. It is our third collaboration with CRM Visions on our new monthly project, which means we are wrapping up Project Genie Fay, And we've also got a whole new slate of cards. These have been nominated by people in our Discord in the Faithless family. We're going to go through all the nominees. People have written up their little pitch, trying to put the best foot forward, make a case for these. And I think we have like 16 cards suggested this time, which is the most ever, which is awesome. So super excited for that. Um, But before we get to those, we should do our housekeeping really quick, which is to say that if you like the podcast and want to send us some support, you can do so by joining our Discord at patreon.com slash faithisbrewing that gets you access to our discord community it also gets you little perks for example you get the ability to vote on cards if you want to nominate cards to have them on the ballot uh, that is a benefit of joining the discord as well 
We also have content going up on YouTube, trying to get some video content out there. Um, so don't forget to check that out. Give us that like and subscribe, and more importantly, uh, tell us what you would like to see. All right, that being said, uh, let's talk about Ginny Faye Jetmere's second. So Brian, I'm going to start with you. When you look at Ginny Faye, <laughs> obviously this is a token card. What what do you see here first? Like, where does your mind go? Uh, my my like level zero is green white tokens, and I think that's just because uh, on one of the Serum Visions episodes, I did pursue some green white tokens decks, and and I thought they were pretty fun. Um, oh yeah, and you convinced me to try my green white mentor <laughs> tokens deck, Arun. It's so good, it's so good. You should try it. That was terrible. Well, it. In you know okay so I think uh, we're we're maybe uh, jumping into the meat of it here but um, these token decks in my experience and I think your experience as well Arun are that if you hit all of the right cards and your opponent does not hit all of their right cards it it's spectacular right you have some really explosive turns or you pump out a bunch of tokens and they just can't keep up and it's great. And I think that this card falls very firmly into that camp. If you build your deck in a way to, you know, exploit it or, or make use of it and you draw all the right cards and you have an opportunity to do your thing, this card is sweet. Um, I never actually made any 3-1 green dog creature tokens, but uh, the cats, the cats were great. I, uh, my feline friends definitely got me a few wins, but, you know, the the downside to this card is that it has no ETB, and if you are not getting a token out of it the turn you play it, it feels really bad. Mm-hmm. Right, so Jenny Faye is a three drop, right? Three, three for three, sure, but playing it on turn three and passing the turn, you feel like you're a very bad magic player. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like, oh, come on, man, like, really? And then they untap and kill you. <laughs> Do something like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it does not feel good at all to play Jenny Faye and not use the ability like multiple times. Yeah, and my my initial inclination was to go for something uh, surprise surprise uh, with somebody like Sai or a Sahili uh, to make tokens. You know, have a recurring token maker that was on the board, and you know maybe I could do something like drop drop a Mox Amber and you know get tokens that way. Like play Jenny drop the Mox Amber, get a token, boom. But that means that you already have a Sire Sahili in play. So now you've got competing three drops. Long story short, uh, <laughs> I, I tried I tried a bunch, and, and it just doesn't work. Um, but what does work and what did work were uh, trying to ramp it out. Um, so I ended up with a red-green deck. I'm looking at four Gilded Goose, four Glimmer Baron. I'll put an asterisk next to that. Don't don't uh, roll your eyes at me yet, Arun. Um, oh yeah. Three Ginny Fay, four Prosperous Innkeeper, four Ragavan, four Vidalian uh, Vildaren Epicure, four Sapperling Migration, four Strike It Rich, four Court of Calling, four Batterbone, and then uh, twenty lands, uh, including one Gingerbread Cabin. I think is the only notable land there. All right, hold on. I just gotta say, it's it's not not the Baron token dude that I'm concerned with in this list, Brian. <laughs> really? Definitely. I I'm curious. <laughs> what's your what's your uh, what's your concern in this one? Uh, probably the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> Quickly looking up Glimmer Barons. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? One two for one creature. Oof. 
Sacrifice a token, Glimmer Baron gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. It's actually yeah. like kind of, it can be nuts. As I had a Academy Manufacturer, Fae of the whatever, Modern Horizons, or Gift of the Fae, Modern Horizons 2 draft uh, with Glimmer Baron's win condition. And it's, you know, I have a lot of respect for that card if you can pull it off. So that's not what I'm concerned about. <laughs> well, I could definitely like, see the thought process here, right? So like one of the weird things about Ginny Faye is that all she does is upgrade a token. Mm-hmm. Right? So you really need like the crappiest, worst tokens you can find. And then she will upgrade them to something better. And Glimmer Baron is kind of the same logic, right? If I'm going to fill my deck with crappy, low-value tokens, why not turn that into something that actually wins the game, which Glimmer Baron, in theory, can do. I have no idea if that works out in practice. Um, but yeah, like the, the way that, like if you start from that, it's like, okay, my mission is to find the cheapest, crappiest tokens, then... I think it makes sense to look for cards like Strike It Rich, Epicure, and I guess Ragavan Treasures. I don't know. Those don't really count. <laughs> but Gilded Goose. The issue with Glimmer Baron in this deck is, you know, you really you need multiple tokens created at once to really make Glimmer Baron better than, you know, just like what's the difference between plus two plus two and like a two two haste, you know, they're pretty much the same thing. So you know the effects that create multiple tokens, but these mostly look to be single token creating effects. You're not going to be able to go positive up on damage with Glimmer Barn. Yeah, my thought with Glimmer Baron was, uh, you know, I likely want my food tokens around after I've cast my turn one Gilded Goose, right? Um, Ragavan, Treasure Tokens, Strike It Rich Tokens. These are all things that are useful to me in the early game, but late game start to have less value. And so Glimmer Baron was there as a hedge against not drawing my Ginny Fae, um, or having an abundance of tokens down already. And my thought was, uh, my original thought was actually Arcbound Ravager. I wanted something that could eat up, because most of these end up being artifacts, I wanted something that could eat up the, the leftover tokens that weren't doing me any good, um, and could maybe skew combat math in weird ways. And I will say, actually, the Glimmer Baron performed. The Glimmer Baron definitely won me some games. I had some combat lines where, you know, I actually had two Glimmer Barons on the field. My opponent could block one of them. It was just a foregone conclusion that I would I would win the game because no matter which one they blocked, I would just pump the other one. And then, you know, um, I also had some favorable trades. Uh, an opponent thought that they were getting cute by attacking in with a Ragavan, you know, to kill my Glimmer Baron, which was my only creature on board, but I had like two food tokens and I don't think they realized that I could pump it and uh, save my Glimmer Baron. So I, I did, uh, I did pull, <laughs> pull some sneaky tricks, although I think that was probably more a uh, side effect of my opponent, not reading Glimmer Baron and seeing just like a mopey one, two instead of uh, the Glimmer Baron itself being great. But anytime you have the ability to, you know, kind of throw some combat tricks even if they're on board combat tricks like this, um, you know, I think think you can do some cool stuff. All right, so you got a red-green tokens. You have your three Ginny Fey. You have your four Glimmer Barons. It's like additional copies of Ginny Fey, one might say. Mm-hmm. And the Tutor's Court of Calling. So you actually can find Ginny fairly consistently. Yep. If I'm understanding the deck this right, that's most of the power is when Ginny is in play, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to win a lot of games by... Just beating down with epicures and batter bones. No, 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 no. So this is really like how good is Ginny and how consistently can I get her in play? So what did you find when you took this for a spin? Uh, 
It was so my my overall result was a three two. Uh, I almost marked it as a two three because my first win was um, against Blue Red Merktide, and I lost the first game, and then my opponent disconnected and never reconnected. So I'm gonna give that to them. Uh, even though I did technically win the match, uh, I don't think that I would have won. They were, I mean, they mopped me up. There was like <laughs> it, they had an answer to everything that I played. You know, I basically had zero board and zero cards in hand at the end of the the first game, and I suspect that the subsequent games would have gone uh, the same way. Um, I beat Ad Nauseam, but I think they lost to their own deck. Um, You know, sometimes they get you, sometimes they don't. Uh, I did have a particularly uh, good game two in that one where I had a turn four goldfish, basically. So uh, if you can get Ginny out early and you can make some tokens, you can actually do a lot of damage pretty quickly. One, my third match, this one actually was the most exciting. Uh, we're in game three, opponent has four life and a blood moon on board. I had two life. I had a cinder vines on the field from my sideboard and enough mana and green creatures to cast a court of calling even with the blood moon on board. Um, they tried to bolt me and with the bolt on the stack, uh, they took one from cinder vines. I courted for a Vidalian Epicure to deal one damage because it deals one when it enters the <laughs> battlefield. And then I finished them with the Cinder Vines activation. So uh, that felt like a moral victory also because, Easily. you know, it was a Merktide player or blue-red control. I don't know. The, the lists seem very similar to me. And uh, then I lost to Is It Control. It felt like a repeat of how the first match was going. They had answers for everything, you know, just kind of cleaned my clock. Um, and then I lost to Classic Jund. Uh, turns out when the opponent is able to one-for-one one you and two-for-one yep. you the entire game and force you to discard, it's really hard when you have a bunch of really bad cards. Yeah, no, this... this If you're playing Strike at Rich in your value deck against Jund, no, <laughs> I, I got bad news for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... You know, in spite of the results, I, you know, I, I like to say I go in looking to learn things because, uh, uh, you know, you always take something away then, even if you don't win. And um, I was kind of surprised here. There were a couple things that stuck out to me. Um, I was a little skeptical of Cord going into this, uh, but it turned out Cord was great. Uh, I often had plenty of stuff on board to Cord for a Ginny uh, on like turn three, even. Sometimes a little bit earlier, if you have the the sapperling migration and you make enough treasures and everything just kind of uh, you know plays out exactly right. So I was I was pretty consistently having Ginny out and um, in a pinch, you know, I was able to cord for that Voldaren Epicure uh, and win a game. So you know, there's a little bit of that uh, toolbox aspect, although I didn't actually have any toolbox cards. You know, I think that if I were going to change the deck up, I would probably consider adding some of those toolbox cord targets. But that said, every time I went to cord, I thought, is there something I could be cording for that I would rather have? And the answer was generally I wanted Ginny because I really wanted to get those cats online. I wanted to start, you know, pulling ahead with some damage or putting some pressure on the opponent. I've said in the past that Strike It Rich is like aggressively mediocre, uh, even though I had expected great things of it in spoiler season. This deck actually was the deck where it felt best because this was the only deck I've played where I actually wanted to flash it back. Uh, turns out you don't often want to flash back 
for three mana, a card that will produce you a single treasure. This was the exception to that. You know, it just it was like an extra card in hand that the opponent didn't really care about, right? Um, a lot of times, opponents see stuff in your graveyard and they want to aggressively uh, exile stuff from your yard so that you don't have much to do, you know, from the yard. And this was one of those things where, like, I don't know anybody in their right mind that would have brought in graveyard hate against me. But being able to uh, to play one of those early and then flash it back later to turn into a cat or a dog was actually pretty nice. I thought Batterbone was going to be cool. Uh, turns out not great. Uh, it was solid with Ginny out, but I think I would rather have maybe some more of the two mana, two token producers or something like that. Sapperling Migration was... Okay, I thought I was going to be able to kick it, which is why I played that particular card. I thought, you know, if I'm if I'm playing a deck that might be able to hard cast a Court of Calling, I might also be able to kick the Sapperling Migration. It never came to that, but in general, being able to make two tokens either to 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 convoke uh, a Cord with or um, just to make two two cats with was great. And then yeah, the the Glimmer Baron actually ended up being a solid alternate win con in the in the cases where i didn't get a genie out so overall when things came together it was fun but uh as we all know as magic players things don't come together as often as you would hope so (laughs) can't say i would recommend this deck for anything other than some fun level play or maybe an fnm if you're feeling real spicy but uh you know there's some components of it that surprised me and some things that i expected to like that I didn't like, such as the uh, the Batterbone. Yeah, I appreciate the deep cuts on this list. I mean, I was intrigued by the <laughs> living weapon with Ginny Faye. I mean, that's such a nice, like, this, that's the worst token you could imagine, a zero, zero germ. But, like, I couldn't come up with a way to convince myself to, like, put flare husks and Batterbones and barb spikes and stuff into a deck. <laughs> if we knew Ginny Faye was going to be in play and alive, then yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, there's there's one style of brewing where we take like a good deck and put the card we're testing into that good deck, and then we come back and like, oh, the deck was fine, but like the new card was the worst card in the deck. And you've gone the complete opposite way. You've built a deck where the new card, Ginny, is by far the the most important <laughs> card, <laughs> and the rest of the deck is like so <laughs> dependent, so weak on it that you like literally cannot do anything unless Ginny's in play. And I guess um, you get a clearer picture there of like exactly how much Ginny can do. Yeah, you know, and I think that she ends up being one of those cards, like so many other cards, that she's going to get better over time. We're going to get some card someday that allows you to make tokens, uh, you know, uh, uh, imagine something like a young pyromancer that can proc off of a, a, a mox amber, you know, like a two mana token maker that doesn't require specifically instants or sorceries or, or something like that. And when that day comes, Ginny gets a little bit better because now you've got your token maker down before Ginny comes down, hopefully. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I feel like it's sounding pretty optimistic based on my one league with Ginny Faye. Uh, you know, I'm unsure. I mean, there's just so many three drops, you know, just like and all Ginny Faye can do is if you have to already have something on and then make some things, all you get are a bunch of hasty creatures, you know, best case scenario. It's just... I don't know, like, is there really... I mean, I guess I'll kind of go to my my thoughts in a moment, or in all to my experience, but 
I don't know. I, I'm unsure if Ginny Faye is actually going to get better with printing other things, you know. I think the big issue is that Ginny Faye is three mana for a 3-3 three, three with no ET, like you just said, with no ETB, that then requires something else to start getting value from it. And it doesn't even give you card advantage, it just gives you card quality, most likely. Uh, so with all those things together, you know, I'm not... I'm unsure if Ginny Faye is ever going to actually get better. Well, you know, I think that she could be a solid engine piece... And again, this is all about like the exact right cards have to be printed, right? Um, you know, she makes green creatures, which is is uh, possibly something relevant. Um, you know, there were a couple of times where I had a Ginny, I got a single cat out of her, my opponent killed the Ginny, and the fact that the cat was green was relevant for casting a Court of Calling for the next Ginny. I don't know. I, I could see her as, as part of like sort of an engine deck. Um, and I will say that the games where I would cord for her on the opponent's end step and then got to untap with mana, like a lot of mana, and actually start producing cats, those turns were super explosive. So she definitely has power. You know, being able to make four two twos with haste on a turn is solid. I guess, you know, being, you know, slightly pushing back on that. Uh, how how you know what would what would make cord for Jenny better than cord for Yagmas, you know in that spot you know obviously they're very different decks you know like we are you know I agree that you know we're trying to brood to see what we can do but among that constraint you know I think it is worthwhile to acknowledge that you know this will Jenny Fay is cool but you know just like it's probably cording for Yagmas is better. Yeah, well that's almost certainly true because. Just like Jenny, Yogmoth is only going to get better with more cards printed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just had to make sure you weren't delirious. You know, I had to make sure you still had a little bit of head on your shoulder that, you know, you weren't drinking the Kool-Aid too hard. I've seen no, a lot no. of people drinking Kool-Aid recently in the startup. So, you know, there's that. Nope, I uh, I fully accept. I mean, at the end of the day, she's a, a three mana, three, three with no enters the battlefield ability. So she only like her <laughs> ceiling is only so high, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a big part of it. And we've talked in previous weeks about some of the lists proposed by people in our Discord. And they're definitely like trying to solve that problem specifically um, with cards like Elvish Warmaster, with Gala Greeters, Lona's Cryptozoologist. These are all two drops that can come down first so that the turn you play Ginny, you're immediately getting that, that trigger right away. And if we get more cards like that, yeah, I could imagine you know Ginny getting a little bit better. Actually, for me, like... The thing that struck me was there weren't that many cars that produced like a bunch of really crappy tokens. Yeah. Like there isn't a token bad enough yet. Like <laughs> I, I thought maybe food or blood was like the worst token, but like they're still a little bit too expensive. Like we don't have a card that's just like one mana make two really, really awful tokens, like a decayed zombie, but zero one or something like that. Because <laughs> any game object is dangerous, so they're they're really resistant to printing cards like that yeah so if you really want to like make a bunch of tokens at once you have to do something really weird like cold author rebirth or consider you know, that pay a lot of mana for something <laughs> um but if at some point in the future they come up with like a really truly terrible token like just germs without equipment to attach them to or something, <laughs> and you can like have cards that just like make a bunch of those then like i could see jenny becoming suddenly like the most exciting card yeah, yeah, that is that, that's fair. An interesting point for sure. Any case, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Arun, why don't you tell us about the list that you played? Yeah, so I, you know, uh, kind of last second say, oh, got time for this league, want to jump in on it. As you know, Dan, what should I do? Just like go to the channel, go to the Ginny Fate channel, find the Pioneer deck. The first one I came across 
This was from in our Discord. It's Green White Yorion, Ginny Fey and Pioneer. It's by Tombow Catcher. And it is, you know, quite interesting. Sometimes Green White is very, you know, fair and relatively weak, I think. But sometimes you just want to do that. Sometimes I get the Green White, I get bitten by the Green White bug. This is a Yorion Pioneer deck. I just like Green White tokens with like some interesting stuff. There's four Arboreal Grazer, two Brood Monitor, four Displacer, four Gilded Goose, four Ginny Fey, four Prosperous Innkeeper, four Regal Caracal, uh, the five, the three mana, five mana, three, three, uh, Cat Lord, and then four Traven Inspector, four Legions Landing, three Oath of Nyssa, four Teleportation Circle, uh, which was, you know, quite interesting, three in a white enchantment, at the beginning of your end step, it's up to one target artifact or creature you controlled and return that card to the battlefield. So it's like the most expensive blink ever that happens once a turn. But, you know, I just want to just see what happened. Uh, you know, green 31 green white lands, uh, four Eldritch Evolution to help you find your Jenny Fey, and four Asika's Chariot. And honestly, this kind of felt like <laughs> green white Winota, except instead of Winota, you have Jenny Fey. Uh, and <laughs> turns out Jenny Faye is for sure not a Winota. Uh, I had a very solid 1-4. Um, I actually kind of was a little optimistic. I started off 2-0-ing. I crushed a blue-green, like, uh, what is the the emerge? What's the emerge Eldrazi that taps everything? It was a blue-green one. Oh, El- Elder Deep Fiend. Yeah, a blue-green Elder Deep Fiend, which was, you know, kind of interesting and curious, but... You know, I managed to get Ginny Fey down, and they didn't have any removal, which was probably why I managed to win. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if Ginny Fey's down, it's pretty nutty. You know, you get Ginny Fey into your cat thing, into the Regal Caracal, and now you have, like, a whole bunch of 3-3 haste lifelinkers, which is pretty sweet. Uh, I will say there was some slight pressure where, because this deck was actually very good at just, like, making the tokens... In general, you wanted them to be like the 3-1 Vigilance Dogs, because 2-2s two were kind of, you know, they just attack and die. Uh, but then if you draw if you, then if you draw your Regal Caracal, you're kind of stuck, because you would have rather had 3-3 three, three hasty, like, hasty Lifelinkers, and they don't get the bonus because you're making dogs and not cats. Uh, so that was some interesting tension for sure. Um, and then came, so I won these two, you know, you can only tap four cats at a time with the LRD Fiend, and I had a bunch of cats because I had Eldrazi Displacer and Brood Monitor, which was pretty sweet. Apparently, there's an infinite life combo in here somewhere. Uh, I don't think I ever got to see it. Uh, but then, round two, I faced <laughs> Grix's Vampires, and I got absolutely crushed. Uh, it was like not even close, and their deck was like pretty garbage, uh, which made me pretty <laughs> suspect about my, own, about my own deck for sure. Uh, and then I faced Blue Red Phoenix. And I, it, they, those two games were not even games. Uh, and then I faced a blue-red prowess, you know, with the ledger shredder stuff. And unsurprisingly, those games were not games. Uh, and then I faced just a mono white deck. Uh, and I once again I lost because they had removal. And you know, I had some fun turns, you know, like I don't know, it just felt like this was Winota with a much worse Winota, uh, which is you know, like. <laughs> Turn one, Arboreal Grazer. Turn two, Eldritch Evolution, my Arboreal Grazer into a Jenny Fey. Hope to get lucky and not have it die. And then next turn, you know, maybe drop two token creators, make two, two, two haste, and just, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but I got absolutely crushed. So something you just said there, you said that they had removal and so you lost. And for a token deck, that's a little bit concerning, right? Like, I thought one of the reasons to play tokens is that you're resilient to spot removal and just, like, 
the opponent actually needs sweepers to kill you. But maybe it's the case that Ginny Fey encourages us to build these decks with like they're a little more fragile, right? Like if Ginny dies, then yep, yep. you just don't have the firepower to win the game. Yeah, I mean a really good point. You know, like my tokens, you know, because Ginny Fey were trying to cheat a little bit, so my tokens are Gilded Goose. You know, Traven Inspector, you know, the Prosperous Innkeeper, they're not actual creatures that get the benefit from, you know, like, you can't do me. The other thing, too, is, you know, like, the Lord, uh, Regal Caracal is five mana, and, you know, I think, you know, the Lord, a Lord effect and token decks would make them really, you know, can make them scary, but Regal Caracal costs five mana, and I got Disdainful Stroke twice. Actually, more like four times. (laughs) But I was I was gonna beat the stupid Grixis Vampires deck. I was gonna slap I was gonna slam Regal Caracal. They had one card in hand, two mana. I was like, there's no counter spells in Pioneer, slam the Caracal, and the last card was a disdainful stroke, and it's like, wow, this is garbage. Oof. Oof. <laughs> like what? Like what is this? The Grixis Vampires playing disruption, what the hell? Uh I mean Adrosy Displacer was kind of interesting, you know. I wonder if there's more exploring that card. Uh but yeah, this you know, it was sweet and it was fun, and I did get to have like some pretty busted Ginny Fay turns for sure. But otherwise, I felt pretty underpowered. And you know, three mana, three three, no ETB effect is definitely no Winota. Yeah, one of the lists that David drew up at the beginning of this project was a Pioneer list that ended up being red green, and when he like added cards like Fable, like Chariots, uh, I think he had one of the Rebel Masters in there. Like, ended up looking exactly like these. Winotalist, Winotalists, and it's turned out that in Pioneer that Combat Celebrant is just a better card than like, Ginny Fey, for example, when uh, you're surrounding uh, it with that specific core. And surprisingly, the Combat Celebrant decks have been doing like much better than I thought. But it's probably because they ask less of you. Like They're not asking you to warp any of your card choices, whereas Ginny Fey is asking you to play Tokens decks, and as soon as we say that phrase, Token decks, you know we're not in the top two or three tiers of any format. Like, there just is no Tokens deck. So we have to draw from like a really underpowered pool of cards Yep. for now, for the time being. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if I had more time, I think, I'm, I think an Academy manufacturer would be like one of the more interesting ways you could go. You know, especially since you want Lonus anyways, like Lonus and manufacturer go really well together. You can maybe, you know, Genufei is kind of like a pseudo parallel manufacturer. You know, that's probably what I would try again. Uh, if I were going to do it. I thought about that. And then I backed off because it just felt like if I'm going to be playing a three drop that doesn't do anything the turn I play it, I would much rather have the manufacturer, right? Like, yeah, but now, but I'll play both. Yeah, that's the thing. You go for the redundant. Well, yeah, but now you're talking about turn what? You know, like turn, it's turn three because then you know if you're on, you have underworld cookbook. You have these ways that like you know that already do these kind of things. So are you envisioning something that ramps out the manufacturer like, you know, turn two or the uh the Jenny Fay turn two and then the manufacturer turn three or, or something like that and then goes for the, the explosive turn? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And actually, um Moore drew up a list just like this and I believe he was gonna test it, but I don't know if he's had a chance to yet. But it's kind of looks like the Academy Manufacturer Time Civ decks where they do have the ability to like play a cookbook, discard the manufacturer, unearth it on turn two. Um because a lot of their stuff, their good stuff is on three mana, they just end up playing Unearth anyway. And I had tried a Naya version that had Collected Company um, to find like Chatter Fangs, Academy Manufacturers, Ginny Phase. Like you can do this in modern, but the bar is higher in that format. So 
<laughs> even there, it's like not totally clear if that's good. But I, I did leave my Naya League feeling like, you know, I should have played Lonus instead of like Rocco Cabaret Keter or whatever I was playing. Um, but like it was it was definitely doable. Like I I was actually doing the thing with Manufacturer and G Fay, tap the cookbook, make three tokens, turn them all into cats. Like that is like dealing with more powerful stuff, but it's not clear that that's better than the existing cookbook food manufactured decks. The other thing is I really want to try in these lists is, I mean, you know, now you're, the three drops drop is getting so uh, so blooded, but Gift of the Fae, oh no, Fae Offering, the two and a green enchantment, if you cast a creature and a non-creature, you get a food, Ardo, you get a food, clue, and treasure, I think, like you get all yeah. three of them. And so, you know, just if you have that with Academy in fact, Manufacture, that is nine, you know, like they do, it's kind of like on, on like you know, I kind of manufacture five through eight, which obviously intrigued me, but I've always been too cowardly and busy to do this. With Jenny Faye too, you know, now you have those things. You know, you have twelve, or just like you know, Jenny Faye. If you have a, uh, you know, once again, we're gonna go to Dreamland here, but <laughs> we're playing with Jenny Faye, so we kind of need to exist in Dreamland to begin with. But if you have a a Faye offering down, then you go next when you go Jenny Faye into Mox Amber. That end of that turn, you're gonna get nine, assuming Jenny Faye lives. You're gonna get uh three three one vigilances. And next turn, you know, if you can find just something to do another kind of token with, now you swing for like 11, maybe. Uh, it's food for time, you know, you have three, you need three cards out and, you know, swing for 11. But once again, you know, it seems fun. Yeah, this this was the initial uh, sort of approach that I was going to take. It was going to be like blue-green. I was looking at the manufacturer. The thing that I kept coming back to with manufacturer, though, Besides the fact that I was slightly worried about getting two, three drops out, you know, roughly the same turn or uh, on adjacent turns without losing one of them, was that in a lot of these manufacturer decks, you actually want the treasures and the clues because those are what enable you to keep going, right? Like you start to, to make this proliferation of tokens, but if all of those end up being cats, unless you've, you've hit that critical mass where you're going to kill them that turn you're kind of in this weird spot, right? Because you you were getting uh, clues so that you could dig through your deck and the treasures so that you could crack those clues. And now you're getting some cats, and if you only get three of those cats, you've done six damage maybe if they don't have blockers or they don't have removal, but you haven't really... Um, you know, you haven't really taken over the game yet. And and it seems like a lot of the manufactured decks, it's like they go off and, and they are able to dig through the rest of their deck for the win con or whatever it is and like finish you off. If you're, I mean, a good points, but if you're digging through your deck and, you know, because you have your man, two manufacturers and your stuff working, you know, like, you know, digging through your deck is not easy if you're just getting, you know, like even if you get nine, that's essentially just, you know, for... Or let's say if you get nine of each, you know, let's say you have the double-double. So if you only get three of each, that's still, you know, essentially you only get to draw one card and you have one treasure left over. And that's with nine. If you have 18, sure, you get to, you know, spend eight treasures, draw four cards, etc. But 18, 2, 2, haste is, you know, just like that's just dead right there. Nine, 2, 2, haste. If they sure. fell through the shock, you know, they're dead. So I don't think you actually need but, to snowball like that. But if you're if you're in that situation where you're making enough cats with a single turn, you probably have two manufacturers and a Ginny out, right? And I guess my my point is, like, if you've got two manufacturers out, you're probably winning anyway. The Ginny is just like a little cat icing on top. I don't know if that's necessarily true, because even with, you know, two and making nine a turn, once again, you know, you're still, 
you only get to draw four cards. You know, that's a lot. But you're, now you don't have any more mana sources. Like, if you have an Urza, that's a different thing. Or, like, if you, let's say you're playing Kinnon, where now all your treasures tap for two. Uh, but, you know, as probably one of the more experienced Academy manufacturer players out there, you know, I mean, unless you have a time save or an Urza, you know, two manufacturers is not always going to do it. I definitely had Karn shut down like 20 <laughs> foods, losing treasures at once. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go, too. The manufactured tech, <laughs> it was very, very upsetting. The anti-Karn tech, right? Just bash the Karn down with the cats. There you go. I must be channeling my inner Zach or something, because uh, you're the one that's advocating for the uh, the artifact nonsense, and I'm the one that's like, you know, I can only go so far. <laughs> Yeah, I have yeah, to play I mean, with the Ragavans because the Ragavan might actually win me some games. I mean, Ragavan's a nasty card. You know, every time, you know, I'm just like, oh, Ragavan is fun. And then, like, you know, against Burn, Ragavan attacks and hits, like, a lightning bolt for lethal. It's like, okay, I remember that there's no, you know, no card quite like Ragavan. I I actually, uh, I, that that is what came what it came down to. I had all these different blue-green lists that I had drawn up and, like, sort of tinkered around with. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to take this into a league, I've got to play the deck with Ragavan in it because that one is more likely to win. Just, you know, surface. Yeah, so one of the interesting things is that Jenny Fade does let you choose whether you convert the token. So it's not necessarily a problem if you have the manufacturer down and you like <laughs> want to just keep doing that engine. And that's also true for the deck that I played where I had two different token engines or two different token payoffs. One was Ginny and the other is Galazeth Prismari, which actually wants you to actually keep the artifact tokens, um, whether those are treasures or gingerbread cabin food tokens. This is the deck that I talked about probably four weeks ago it was just so much fun i had to try it one more time and if you recall um it's a five color deck where you're trying to use gingerbread cabins and like tireless tracker clues and gals as treasure tokens to support bring to light prismatic ending just take advantage of gals as mana making ability to have some really explosive turns and i came like one game short of the 5-0 it was so much fun Ooh. Um, Ginny Faye is there as like a secondary <laughs> thing to like also make gingerbread cabins good and you know make the tireless tracker a little more exciting right like have Ginny and tireless tracker down play a fetch crack it and like suddenly you're just adding so much power to the board so I really liked it I, I just like built it with some obvious gaffes last time like I had the shape a new engine for mirror battlesphere which was super sweet but I accidentally included portable holes because I just forgot Oof. so I just <laughs> want to try it again like without that blunder <laughs> <laughs> and see if I could like make that happen a little bit more. Cause like what I really, really wanted was to cast Ginny and then the next turn play shape anew or bring to light for shape anew target, like a food token or something have shape anew, find my mirror battle sphere. And then when the battle sphere comes in, it brings four mirrors with it. And I want those to like convert to cats. And I want to attack with four haste cats with Ginny Faye and play for like a massive attack. Wait, so, like that was a dream, but, but, then I, I mean, Mir Bat like Mir Sphere, really. Then that's your payoff. I like it. I support this. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you can play something else, but like Blight Steel Colossus is just going to die to solitude. So that's true. And I feel like you lose something though, because you get the cats. Now the cats don't tap for it when it attacks, right? Well, I mean, that's like the dream scenario. Obviously, you can just win with Battlesphere by itself. Like my first league, I I won three games with just 
casting battles for normal. Okay, all right, that's okay. <laughs> Is that tide Players hate this; they can't stop the battle sphere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I my my league this time was just like me collecting screenshots of this specific interaction. Like Ginny Fay plus Shape and New for Battle Sphere was so so sweet. I think I did it three times. Um, and also had like another game where I just like you know turn three Ginny, turn four fetch land get the gingerbread cabin galzeth get another cabin and just like suddenly i'm attacking for a lot oh yeah um, when that happened it was super super sweet but my overall takeaways were kind of the same as what we've been talking about um i think i mentioned when i tried this deck the first time that man opponents are like really rude they just keep killing Ginny. like they, they don't uh-huh. even want to see what i'm trying to do they're just like just kill it just kill it oh that you're playing a gingerbread cabin trigger on the stack unholy heat just kill it and it just dies so frequently in modern what the hell yeah and something that Mord talked about with davius minimus a couple weeks ago is like you can have your favorite sweet brew and get the 5-0 or close to it and then can't win a match after that and that was indeed the case with this one (laughs) Uh, oh no (laughs) the deck was sweet but like i I kept losing like every single match like so close so close but fell short i think i went 05 Two of those matches, like, I remember, like, punting away one of the games. Like, maybe I could have squeezed a 2-3 out of it, but the cracks were showing. The build was correct this time, but the power just wasn't there. Like, I would play longer games against, like, I played against a red-white Yorian blink deck. I played against Obosh Red. I played against, like, a Planeswalker Fires of Invention taking turns deck. Uh-huh. Um, where it's just like, yeah, like, they're just playing cards, too. We've all got value and their stuff is a little better than mine. Like they have more two for ones than I do. And like, if they just kill my stuff at the right time, if I don't exactly use my resources at the right, the right time, I'm vulnerable to removal in ways that, you know, just filling your deck with MH2 elementals is not. So it's that power problem at the end of the day, like you end up having to play underpowered cars and that leads to an underpowered deck. And in most scenarios, I hope you're not suggesting that the mere battle sphere is an underpowered card. Yeah, Dan. No, actually, I think I think the deck would have been better if I just did not play Genie at all and just focused on Shape and New for Battles. Like that, that was super sweet. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> you can actually do that pretty consistently with Gingerbread Cabins yeah. and just like build a totally different deck with Shape and New. That's always been possible. The problem is that there isn't a good artifact to get. Yep. But Battles here was sweet, and maybe that's the answer that we've been looking for. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. We need Smokestack in Modern. That's that's really I think the answer here. Make those shape of new decks good. We need smokestacks. Tangle wire. Print them <laughs> into mo- modern, you cowards. Well, the thing is, like, that's not fast enough. Like, it has to be, like, okay, I'm paying four mana for this shape anyway. It needs to, like, immediately swing the game in my favor. Yeah. And there isn't a card that does that right now. Possess portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so possess possess portal is not actually card disadvantage because sure you discard a card, but your opponent is the first one to skip their to skip their draw step, and then they have to sack or discard. So it's like it's actually not card disadvantage, and like it might actually end the game on the spot. I think possess portal is safest where it is, which is in the car and wishboard of like one very specific prison tron. <laughs> anything else i would not i would not try it i mean it might be a fine shape a new target honestly you know just like your opponent can't draw any more spells if they don't have this if they don't have the resources to win like then and there they can't win all right you know maybe this would i'll try sometime i will but this is the payoff we're looking for dan screw bolus is citadel we're gonna we're gonna shape a new into possessive portal <laughs> exactly 
You have token creators anyways, like Gilded Goose and Traven Inspector. Those are two-for-ones with the portal anyways. All right, you know, I will show you all. I'll prove you all wrong. I will. I mean, I just want to see what happens if you drop, like, Possessed Portal on turn three or four. You know, like, what happens? What is the game state? How do the games resolve? This actually sounds very fascinating and great data in general. So people can't draw cards anymore, right? Yeah. And they just have to sacrifice permanence? At least, yeah, sack and discard at least one per, one thing per turn and no more new cards. So Gilded Goose is a prison with that? <laughs> this is this is the theory? Yeah, oh my, you're right, Gilded Goose plus this wins the game! <laughs> zooming in closely on the goose. <laughs> <laughs> Fear the goose. And it says players can't draw cards, right? Not that they skip their draw step. It's like brutal warning. Okay. I mean, I don't really understand what it does, so I'm like, afraid of ever casting it. But if that's actually what it does, it's worth trying. No, I've honestly, it's pretty cracked. I've like done some pretty messed up things with that. Yeah, I you know. I've messed with it a lot. It's really, really, really powerful. Like you get it down, and oftentimes the game is over. Like normally, you don't get it down until like you know you're winning because you have you know Karn and then probably Urza to cast it or whatever. But also, you know, like if you just want to, you know, on turn three, what there might be. Three lands and play one to two creatures, like four or five cards in hand. Like, that's all, you know? You just need some good walls. <laughs> all right. Well, that's not on the ballot. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I... That's not on the ballot for this month, oh, but maybe. I'm going to nominate next it. Month. Yeah, I'll nominate it for next month. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, you can edit. <laughs> oh, I could not. Yeah, I guess you. I mean, no, I guess. I don't know. There's enough. I'll do it for next month. Next month sounds better. Okay, next time. Next I'll time. vote for that. Yeah, right. Just like, boom, what can we do? Just slam this on turn three and see what happens. So yeah, uh, the gingerbread Galazeth didn't work out for me this time around, but it's still super sweet. And yeah, I would love to see that possessed portal brew. Oh, yeah. Now, we do have a, a special guest who is actually not a guest, who is actually a host <laughs> joining us <laughs> at the final hour, all the way from Buenos Aires, Argentina. He survived the internet outage, and he's here to tell us about his Junifedex. It's Emmy Sagasti. Emmy, welcome. Hey, yo. Can I be a guest and a host at the same time? That's some intriguing controversies. <laughs> How are you doing, everybody? Hello. Yo, what up? What up, more? Long time no see. Get your ass to Vegas. Let's go. I'm fighting the Vegas. I'm fighting on the Vegas thing because the first turn I could get for a visa is. October 2023, because that's how Argentina bureaucracy works. So I'm fighting against that at the moment. That sounds, sounds like an uphill battle. I don't know anyone who's managed to beat government bureaucracy in a one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a one-on-one -on -one battle, but it's a tough battle. Forget the bureaucracy. Smuggle them in. <laughs> I guess just get in via canoe from Mexico. That's plan B. Oh, yeah, there you go. You'll be here in time for the 35th anniversary. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Around some time for the 35th anniversary, I might get there. That's okay. 35th anniversary is next year, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shinifei. <laughs> Besides Vegas, it's the second thing of the matter. And let's just say I got zero luck with Shinifei. I went ahead, I had two brews for it. One was more tokeny based, like the one that got the 5 by Marin. And then the other was just crazy game objects stuff. Okay, so like green-white tokens, that's the Mirror and Moon 5-0. Exactly. The only 5-0 in modern with it. And then... A four-color game objects that, that shouldn't even see the light of day. 
Okay. Oh, good. So you did test that one. We were just talking about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, eager to hear how that went. Uh, <laughs> all right. So which one do you want to start with? So let's start with the tokens, which was just like the simplest one. It was literally, quite literally, just Celestia tokens. Hope Hinifei works like a second sort of lord. And that one was not that bad. I got a 2-3, but got face against combo thrice. And just, I'm not beating oops and neoform with tokens. Ever. Nope. There's no way. So it was a really uphill battle, but I got a 2-3. I did get to crash and broke type player by just going Lingering Souls into Spectral Procession into Untouchable Virtue twice. Because they had no way of 2 for one me to get a 1 for one even on any battle. Lingering Souls was just an uphill battle every single time, and they got like an 11-11 Murktire that just never got to connect. It was just getting held back by an army of spirits. <laughs> he built his own Mirror Battlesphere, guys. This is what I'm talking about. Mirror Battlesphere is the truth against... Is it Murktire? No, I mean... <laughs> they can't stop the tokens. I mean, you're totally right. Two flashbacks and a cast of Lingering Souls is Mirror Battlesphere with extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't beat one one flyers. You know, the only way uh, the only way to like beat one one flyers is the engineer explosives. I've actually found side to be kind of disgusting against blue red Murktide hilariously. These, I I mean I I think I talked about this before, but when I started playing, Selenia Tokens was my first deck because with the deck at the meta at the moment was Sultai Shadow, and it had no way of beating three one ones because you didn't have <laughs> access to the more battle race even. So you just like flooded the board and they were playing shadows and Tarmogoyfs and Gurmags and you're like hit you for four in the air, block block, hit you for two win. So you mentioned that you played against three combo decks and it seems like your strategy of play tokens, build a big battlefield is just useless against them. So was, that was maybe not like Ginny's fault per se, but the fault of the strategy as a whole? No, no, no. It was just the unfortunate state of playing a token stack in modern. Hmm. It was more like playing a token stack without a plan B against combo or Tron is just gonna get you in that spot where, yeah, you can outgrind stuff like Murktide or Shadow or... But when push comes to shove and you're facing... Well, any combo deck or Tron, you're just gonna get crushed. You cannot beat a single you in. No one can. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. So, yeah, the token build had that slight problem. Maybe I should have gone to black and tried some, um, what's the name of this, um, sideboard um, thoughts or such, or like um, necromancy. No, necromancy is not the name, right? The mono black and mordigo? Necromancia. Stay in the mind, the convoke one? Necromancia. <laughs> but don't forget the one with convoke. Oh, yeah, stay in the mind, the four mana one, but it doesn't get lands, right? There's a convoke one. Yeah, there's a four mana, only one black peep convoke one that I used to play in, back in my day. It does not get lands. It says choose a non-land card. Exactly. And then it's a cranial extraction for that. Yeah, I, I think not stopping Tron is a bit of a serious downside. Or Balakut. But yeah, also worth testing because you can reliably cast it on turn three without using your mana. But yeah, besides that, then I went down the slippery slope of saying, if I can play tokens, I'm going to play tokens, but no creature tokens. And that was a pretty big mistake on my part. Really? I was thinking that would be the better build. But how, I mean, how did you put the deck together? I might have been too greedy on how I built it together because it was like this four color with... So let me open the deck list. So I imagine we're talking about Academy Manufacturer is like your, your big engine. Card, oh, yeah. Right? 
But I also had stuff I shouldn't have, like Chatterfunks. <laughs> What's uh, wrong with Chatterfunks? Uh, <laughs> that's like a, a mini academy manufacturer. Yes, right? that's it, the it adds that's... one squirrel to every. And then they had three of my favorite creature, Lonies. Okay. The cryptozoologists, yes, that gives you a genuine figure right away. Exactly. I mean, this is all on plan. Yeah, all coming together. Playing Asmo and Cookbook, I assume. Yeah, and then I have Unearth, Killed Goose, Eterbial, Cookbook, Asmo, and Choose Chaser Devil. So, how did this deck lose more? Doesn't make any sense. Sounds perfect. <laughs> you know what happens when you play Academy Manufacturer, you tap your Cookbook and you get unholy heated? Yeah, I played against two Borg Tides and one for color, and everything got removed on ETV. And because I didn't have two for ones in the form of stuff like lingering souls, <laughs> everything was like, oh, creature, bolt, oh, creature, and holy heat. Yeah, this is my experience, too. <laughs> like, these cars are so sweet, but they are better suited for Commander, where people will just leave you alone until you're re- ready to go off. People will just ignore them, because people in Commander would rather cry that they lost a game than put Lightning Ball in their hand. Hot take. Hot take from Mord. <laughs> I have played a bunch of Commander. I had a Commander-based games LCS. I know what I'm talking about. Commander players refuse to play spot removal. Well, it's just a bad use of resources. Exactly. Multiplayer I mean, it's a one for three. Like, it's card disadvantage whenever you use a bolt. But still. So in your manufacturer four-color deck, like, was there a combo finish? Like, were you doing time sieve, or were you just trying to convert game objects into squirrels and cats and dogs and win that way? I was trying to win that way. Maybe time sieve was the way to go, but the problem is... Uh, no, the problem is once you do that, you shouldn't really play Ginny anymore. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if I'm going down that hole, I should be playing the Esper version from Spike. So were you able to engineer any wins out of this? Oh yeah, both were 2-3, so nothing was like pathetically bad, it was just sad. Like it wasn't like terribly 0-5, conceding to the void and never see the light again. It was more a subtle, why do I make this to myself? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the shared experience that we all had many windows onto the same truth about <laughs> You know, I, it's partly what Brian said. The cards, the supporting cards are a little bit too weak right now. It's partly the dice removal thing where, like, Ginny does not have an ETB and you really need to have that. She's, like, a little too unique. So if you end up building a perfect Ginny deck, she ends up being, like, too important to the deck. And it's partly just, like, token strategies as a whole are underpowered. And I think, yep, you know, yep. Arun, here you described that Pioneer League. It's like, man, like, your, your deck is full of the best token cards, but they're still underpowered. <laughs> <laughs> that was the issue, yeah. Yep. The card, wa- the card was not bad. It just wasn't powerful enough as a pillar round for the costs for the decisions it made me made. If it was a two mana card, it would probably be bonkers good. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If, if this was a two, ma- if this was a two mana one two, it shouldn't even be a two two, right? Like I did the effect on a cheaper effect, even alongside other bias and, and better creatures that you can play around it, it would be better. Yeah, if it was an enchantment, it would be great. Also, Chuman enchantment, I would just play that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, seriously. That would fit right, actually right into that. We might actually be busted, honestly. Or if it cuts like World 2, you know? World. Like a tiny ward yeah. would be enough. I don't need like World 7, like the Hall of Shy, Like World 3, like Hall of Giants, Sh- of but maybe World 2, you know? 
World War One, yeah. something that at least really untempos your opponent. Exactly. All right. Well, we tried. Tickets were spent. Tickets were not recovered. No. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. That's how it works. This is our task, and we accept it gladly. <laughs> I had a lot of fun this month, both playing Ginny Fey and just thinking about the card, and especially seeing the list that people in our Discord community came up with. So I consider this a success, even if the card itself uh, was not successful <laughs> in actually winning games. That's okay. We're just here to learn what we can. Exactly. Just to see. I mean, someone had to, do, to lose the ticks so we could come to this conclusion. Uh, <laughs> just doing my part to stimulate the MTGO economy. Yes. Someone exactly. has to lose the ticks so people can gain the ticks. Exactly. No, it's true. It's true. Totally true. All right, so I think we're going to wrap it up here for Project Ginny Fay, and that means we are wrapping up today's episode. But do not fear, Arun and Brian are not going anywhere because we are going to be back in just a couple short days with the next slate of nominees. We're kicking off our next monthly project. We have, what, 16 cards nominated? Impressive. By people in our Discord, and... I'm loving some... I'm taking my first look at them, and I'm in love, and I, I'm really easily bought, because a lot of people like are saying, this is an easy buy on board, and they're right. Exactly. His, his vote can be had cheaply. <laughs> but what card will you vote for? <laughs> well, you have to wait and see. <laughs> um, so tune in on Monday for that episode, and we'll see you next time. Decklists for this episode can be found at our homepage, faithlessbrewing.com. And tune in on Monday for the 16 nominees for next month's featured card. If you would like to support the podcast and cast your vote for next month's project, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash faithlessbrewing for Discord access, bonus content, and more. That's all for today. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.